Good morning. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you who do not know me, I want to welcome everybody that's watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right. As you came uh, through the lobby this morning, you saw uh, some tables. You also should have one of these on your seat. Um, we've had the life group tables out there for several weeks, and, and now we're going to have uh, serving opportunities for the next several weeks uh, because it's, it's really important uh, that we serve. And so you can probably guess what my message is about today, okay, as we continue our Gather series. The title of the message is Gather to Serve, okay? Gather to Serve. So I want to encourage you to take one of these, fill it out after service, or you can even take it home and fill it out at home and bring it back next week. I want to encourage you to go uh, to the tables, meet someone. Uh, we've got several different serve team leaders, connect with someone. Uh, man, it's just so important that we serve God's house. Amen? Awesome. We are in a series. I don't know how long. I think I got one series. I think I got one part left, and then we'll kick off in, in a brand new series either next week or two weeks. I'm not sure yet, but it's going to be good. Come on. Amen? Gather to serve, Matthew 9, 36 through 38. And this is Jesus. Jesus says this, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Let's stop there for a moment. Confused and helpless. I think our current society and culture is nailing that one. We are at an all-time high of confusion in our society. To the point where our current culture and society doesn't even know what a woman is. I mean, you want to talk about confused? You want to talk about the spirit of confusion over our nation? They think letting boys compete against girls in girls' sports is... is, is Something that's fair. Guys, this is how Satan does. He weaves his way into society and he brings this spirit of confusion into our hearts and minds. It is like Satan has removed logic and common sense from our, our country's leaders. It's just like, and not even that, just like, see what's happening in our public school systems. And, and it's just a, a complete train wreck where, where we think that, that it's a good idea for drag queens to read books to kindergartners. Like, like, and that's just like two examples or three examples of just logic is waved bye-bye to our culture. And what happens when you live in a culture, in a society like that, where it leads them is a place of helplessness. Because they're trying to identify with all types of different things. And, and this next wave, or well, you know, maybe I, I want to identify with that group or this group. And, and it leaves a culture helpless. And it's what turns Jesus' heart. He's like, man, I have compassion for these people. Because... The outcome is this, like a sheep without a shepherd. If sheep don't have a shepherd, okay, because sheep are dumb, okay, and, and if they don't have a shepherd, they will literally walk off of a cliff. And we've seen this, especially over the last three years, coming out of a pandemic, how 
So many people have isolated themselves and, and the, the, the social anxiety and the depression and, and the divorce is at an all-time high and the drug addiction is at an all-time high. We, we have a fentanyl issue with our young people. They're, they're dying at an alarming rate. Why? Because they're confused. They're helpless. They're sheep without a shepherd. And church, we've got to understand what is going on in our culture and society so we can have compassion on them. And this is what Jesus is, is, is telling us. Like We're living in a culture that, that, that is so confused because this is what Satan does. He brings the spirit of confusion because confusion leads to a place of helplessness. We're, we're, and we're living in a society that they're just, they're helpless and, and they're, they're hopeless. And so this is Jesus' instructions to us. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great. Statistically, about 80% of people, and it's, it might be higher, who live in Denver associate what's called nuns. And it means they don't believe in anything. They, they don't have any religious affiliation at all. And, and that, that number is growing higher and higher and higher. Guys, the harvest is great. We don't have to go to Africa or, or anywhere else, we can just go to our backyard and see that the harvest is great. But here's, here's the disappointing thing, okay? But the workers are few. The workers are few. So pray to the Lord. And, and many of you, man, we have such an amazing prayer culture here at Passionate Life Church. We have so many prayer warriors. And many of you ask me all the time, Pastor, what can we be praying for? Pray for this. Pray the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. My prayer is that God would send us workers, but also raise workers up. Why? Because the harvest is great. And here at Passionate Life Church, what God has always done is he's grown us to the place where we have people to disciple the harvest. Because okay? we... We value discipleship a lot here at Passionate Life Church. It's not just about getting people to say a prayer and raise their hand, but it's about a transformation in their heart and their mind, knowing that they've been bought with a price that they can never pay, knowing that they are a son and daughter of the King. And so that is important, but we can't disciple if we don't have disciplers. And God has called all of us to be disciples, to be workers into this field that is massive. The harvest is plenty. I don't know if you're, you're staying connected with what's happening across the nation, but there is a revival that has broken out in Kentucky in Asbury College uh, it actually, there was a, a revival in 1970 there, and it's currently happening right now. I think they're either four or five days straight of worship. And people, I mean, the, man, the people are just coming from all over. And, and man, it's young people that, that are leading this, this revival. And my prayer is that man, that, that revival wind would, would come west. Come on. The revival wind, come on, would, 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 would begin to blow here at Passionate Life Church. And as the revival wind blows, we need workers 
to disciple the harvest that God is bringing. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, this is your moment. I thank you for every person that is here today. It is not by mistake that they're here. You've got a purpose. You've got a plan for their life this morning. God, you've called us all into the field. You've called us all to work. Father, and so, Holy Spirit, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, every lie that has been spoken over us this week, I banish it right now back to the pit of hell. God, every problem or issue, struggle this morning, getting the kids in the car, the fight that we had with our spouse on the way to church, Holy Spirit, melt it away right now in Jesus' name. I pray right now that it would fade away, God, that we would open our hearts and our minds, that we'd be attentive to your Spirit right now and the Word that you have for us right now in this moment. Let us stay in this moment, God. Father, I pray that there would be none of me God, get me out of the way. None of me, all of you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. So I got six points to my five points today, okay? And so instead of going through all 10 or 11 or 12 Greek words that actually mean serve, what I did is I took all of the definition, the Greek definitions, and, and I pulled out because some of them repeat, and, and I brought you six points today. So I've got six Greek definitions for the word serve, okay, to give us a deeper understanding what God is calling us to when he asks us to serve, when he gathers to serve us, okay? Number one, worship. Worship. When we worship here at church or or you worship uh, in the shower or in your car and you're worshiping the Lord, you are serving God in that moment. You are serving God in that moment when we worship. This is why we start every service and end every service in worship because we want to serve the Lord. This is why we have a worship team that serves the church, right? And and man, when we worship, and and listen, some of you are like, man, pastor, I don't sing good. Let me give you some encouragement. The Holy Spirit has auto-tune. Come on. It gets auto-tuned, right, in your car, uh, you know, while you're vacuuming, you know, in the sh- it gets auto-tuned to God's ears, and it sounds beautiful and miraculous. And, and it's a fragrance to Him. It, it is just a sweet fragrance to God when we gather and we worship. When we worship by ourselves, it, man, we are serving God in that moment. Number two, minister care. For people in need. We have an amazing care pastor, Pastor Ben, uh, here at Passionate Life Church. He, he's just a tremendous care pastor. His wife, Kelly, also does uh, an awesome job of caring uh, for the needs of our church. But here's the thing. It is not all up to them to minister care to people in need in our church or community. Because we're all called to be ministers. And you don't need a title to be a minister. You don't have to go to seminary to be a minister. You're a minister. Why? Because God has called you by name to care for people in need. When we care for people in need, we are serving them. And it doesn't, you don't need a title or, or anything like that to care for people in need. All right, number three. Being a slave, you're like, Pastor, that's a weird one. Being a slave, 
giving all personal ownership rights to the assigned owner. This is the Apostle Paul. He calls himself what? He calls him a slave. I am a slave to Christ Jesus. Now listen, I know that word slave or slavery doesn't have great uh, context in, in our society, and rightfully so, right? Rightfully so. Slavery is horrific. But when used in this way, that the Apostle Paul uses it, and it's very closely to, to bond servant and servant slave. We are giving all personal ownership rights up to the assigned owner. And man, we had, man, last week we had 18 people get baptized. Come on. And as a, as a church, we should never become callous to that. We, we should never just be like, oh, another baptism. Like, Man, it is so special and it is so powerful that when people declare, man, publicly that they're going to follow Jesus all the days of their life, and essentially what it is is like, I'm now giving up living for my own, right? As we go down in that water, all of our past, all of our sin is being washed clean. And then when we come up in the water, we are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I'm giving up rights to my life over to God. And we're acknowledging that he paid a price for my life that I could never repay. And so I repay him by giving my life to him, which, guys, is way better. God's will and plan for our lives is way better than the will that we might have for our life. And man, when I look at this word, and the reason why I brought it up is because I think some of us think that serving is something that we do on a, on a voluntary basis. Well, I can serve or not serve. A slave doesn't have a choice, right? If you're a slave to the master, you don't have a choice whether or not you're going to serve or not that master. But many of us, because we've been Americanized, westernized in our Christian faith, we think that we're doing the church a favor by serving in some capacity, or I'm doing my neighbor a favor when I serve them. No, 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 no. It is part of being called a son and daughter that we serve one another. To the point where Paul's like, no, 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 it's not my choice to serve. No, no, I'm a slave. I have given up my life to God. It is His life now. And I've submitted my life to His. Number four, to fight like a soldier going into battle, serve. To serve like a soldier. And next, next series, we're going to really talk about this a lot and, and just putting on the whole armor of God. That, that's what it looks like to, to fight for God. Putting on the whole armor of God and, and, and praying for people. And, and man, listen, we have to be reminded that we don't fight against flesh and blood. The government is not our enemy. Republicans, Democrats, independents, like your boss, those are not our enemy. We're fighting against 
principalities and powers of the air. We are fighting against Satan. We don't fight against each other, right? And, and how we fight as a church is on our knees. We fight that spiritual battle that breaks strongholds over cities and nations and, and, and the world. That's how we, we fight. And we're going into service. We're, we're putting on our armor when we go into our prayer closet, when we go to, to Wednesday night prayer, when we, when we come on, uh, in response time and we, we get prayer, we're, we're, we're putting on that armor of God and we're fighting the good fight. We are serving God. This is why we have a prayer team that serves us. To fight like a soldier going to the battle. Okay, number five. To help heal and restore. This happens, I would say, Almost every single week here at Passionate Life Church, whether it's in life group, whether it's a Wednesday night prayer, whether it's here on Sunday, that when we help people, when we help people heal and restore. Now, God has healed cancer in this church, but he's also restored marriages. He, he, he's also healed uh, people who have broken hearts. Okay, he, he's, he's also restored people from anxiety and depression and stress. Come on, like, like he, he healed families, right? And, and man, when we serve one another in a way of, man, I want to help you restore. I want to help you heal. This is how we serve. This is how we serve, to help heal and restore. All right, number six, last one, last definition. To wait on or serve someone in hospitality. Uh, my wife and I, are, one of our top spiritual gifts is hospitality. It's, it's faith and hospitality. And some of you are like, that's a weird one. That's, that's a gift, right? Hospitality. Now, if you've ever been to an unfriendly church, you know that that's a gift from the Lord of hospitality. If you've ever been to a church that was unwelcoming and they're, they're almost like offended that you showed up to church today, right? And the ushers are just kind of, Looking at you, you know, really, you're going to wear that to church? Like, well, well. Hospitality and, and creating a friendly environment is important to God, an environment that, that is loving and accepting and, and filled with grace and mercy. And everything that we do here at Passionate Life Church, we want you to feel loved and welcomed. Then we have coffee and, and donuts. Come on, somebody. Donuts. And, and, and just a welcoming atmosphere because, man, when we serve in hospitality, man, it, it just brings a warmth to the church. And, and God wants you to feel welcome, like you're walking like you're walking home, right? You're, you're welcoming home. And, and so when we welcome each other, we're friendly with each other, whether it's guest services or, or ushering or serving coffee or, or whatever we're doing, serving in the nursery or, or in the kids' church, man, man, we're serving, we're creating uh, an atmosphere of loving and, and acceptance. And I, I talked about this last, last week that as, as a greeter, you have no idea what people are going through. And, and people put on a good face and, and they put on a good, uh, you know, outside impression that everything is going well. But I know we've had multiple people walk through those doors on a Sunday with the thought of, man, if I don't experience God today, I'm going to go home and take my life. 
We have multiple people. And at the end of the service, they come and they hug me. And they're like, I met Jesus today. Thank you. We have no idea what a handshake or a hug does or an encouragement to somebody does when we create a welcoming and just a loving environment. Okay, those are my first five points. I don't know if they, they really um, count as my time today. That was kind of like the introduction to the message today. So why should we serve? Why should we serve? Okay, I got five reasons why we should serve. Number one, we are most like Jesus when we serve. Do I need any more points after that one? Like that, that should be good. We should close out in prayer, right? Okay, I should be like Jesus. Yeah, that's a good one, Pastor. I am most like Jesus when I serve and we should Our desire should be more and more like Jesus every day. Now, we don't ever become exactly like Jesus because we're in these sinful bodies, right? We're these sinful, broken bodies in this fallen world, okay? But we can continue to to strive and become more and more like Jesus. And we are most like Jesus when we serve. Matthew 20, 28. For even the Son of Man came not to be served. God put flesh on. If there was somebody in in the whole world that should have been served, it should have been Jesus. Right? The King of glory. Right? Our King. Like, He should have been served. But no, no, no. He didn't come to be served. But to serve others and to give His life as a ransom for many. And he shows the ultimate act of servanthood in giving up his life as a ransom for you and me. Listen, Jesus will never ask you to do anything that he hasn't done first. He'll never ask you to do something that he hasn't already done and and taking the first step to. And that's why we become the most like Jesus when we serve one another. Because he came and he showed us the ultimate act of servanthood. That he died on the cross. He paid a ransom for us that we couldn't possibly ever repay. We are most like Jesus when we serve. Number two, serving brings humility. Serving brings humility. Let me give you some context before we jump into uh, this story. So uh, during this, this time, uh, it was very dusty uh, all throughout Israel, right? It was just dusty, a lot of dirt, and they didn't, they didn't wear sneakers, they, they didn't wear boots, uh, they didn't wear Crocs, okay? They wore sandals, okay? And they didn't have socks, right? And so as they walk, and they walked a lot all day long, their feet got disgusting, gross, if you can imagine, you know? Rocks getting in between toes, and then and, and just like some of you are like, oh, Pastor, please don't stop. Okay, but in, I mean, the feet were gross, right? They're outside all day long. They smell, they stink, they're dirty. And when they would come to someone's house, it was the job of the lowest servant to wash all of the guests' feet. And most likely, the servant would be a woman because during this current time, women weren't even counted as full 
human beings. And so most likely it was the job of a woman, the lowest servant in the household, to wash all the feet of the guests. And Jesus, I could, if you can see, I could see Jesus saying, no, 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 honey, I got this. And he bends down, he gets some water, and begins to wash the feet of every single person in that room. And yes, Judas was in that room. The one that would ultimately betray him. He bends down and washes their feet. Jesus gives us a great example of being a servant. Let's pick up in John 13, 12 through 17. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Let's continue. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. There is a blessing that's attached to our humility. And when we have humility and we're serving, we are most like Jesus when we humble ourselves and serve one another, regardless of what it is. Proverbs 22.4 says this, True humility and fear of the Lord, look at this, leads to riches, honor, and long life. This is how much God loves humility. That what's attached to it is a tremendous blessing from God. It leads to riches, honor, and long life. And there are multiple scriptures that say, man, when you humble yourself, God exalts you. Like God honors you. Man, when we humble ourselves and, and serve one another, man, God sees that. In, in, in the Beatitudes, the, the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus man, says those who humble themselves will inherit the earth. Like, like, try to even wrap your mind around that one. Like, He loves people who are humble and willing to do whatever it takes, whatever God is asking them to serve one another. Here's the issue with pride. Pride closes doors that God is trying to open in our life. Humility opens those doors God wants us to go through. Man, when we have pride in our heart, it stops us from doing the very thing that God is asking us to. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I've been a Christian for, for, for 30 years. I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm good, right? And, and, there's, there's some of you today, there's some of you today that pride has stopped you from coming to one of these stations and during our response time. Like, I don't, I don't need to put something on the cross or I don't need to go to the altar or, or I'm good. I don't need to go and get prayer. And, and what I'm proclaiming today is if you let the Holy Spirit humble your heart and, and you start being obedient even in this moment. Maybe you need to get prayer today. God is going to radically do something in your heart and your mind that you've never experienced before. 
Because you're not living out of pride or fear any longer. And because pride literally will stop us from going through doors that God is trying to get us to go in. Well, no, why would I ever do that? I want to do that. I don't want to work in the nursery. Well, why would I do that? Because God has something more for your life. But you've got to go through the door first. You've got to be obedient. You've got to stop hardening your heart to the things of God, regardless of what they are. Because pride is constantly trying to stop us from going through the doors that God is literally opening in our lives. Number three, we are designed to serve. We have been designed by God to serve God and one another. Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10 says this. For we are God's masterpiece. We are created in the image of God. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. So, God has created us as His masterpiece. We are the only thing that is created in His image. And when we give our life to Jesus, we have now become a new creation in the identity of Christ Jesus. And because of that, we are most like Jesus when we humble ourselves and serve. And then we will experience the good things that he has planned for our lives. Guys, we are most like Jesus when we serve. When we are like Christ Jesus. And he has great things in store for our life. Many times, serving isn't about what you're giving someone. It's about what God is doing in you. It's about, man, we used to go on mission trips all the time and the COVID thing, but we're going to go back. We're going to get that sorted out. But when we would go on missions trips, and, and it was never about us meeting a need. And we would meet a need for a moment. But we're not there. You know, we spent a week, we spent a week in Costa Rica and, and serving people and, and wherever. But the work that's truly being done is on the inside of us. God is doing something in the inside of us when we give up our time, when we give up our energy, and we serve other people. Number four, we are gifted to serve. We are gifted to serve. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Did you know that you have spiritual gifts? You have spiritual gifts. And this is why we talk about the Holy Spirit all the time here at Passionate Life Church. And, and if you've never been to uh, one of our baptisms, we, one of the things that we've added uh, a couple baptisms ago is the gift of prophecy. And, and so that you can see what it looks like when a spiritual gift is done in a healthy way in the context of community, orderly, right? Because if you come out of, you know, hyper-charismatic church, right? You've got some baggage. Okay, I got some baggage too, okay? And so it has a tendency to see spiritual gifts and you're just like, oh, like, I don't want that, Lord, please. And so what it does 
is it stops us from allowing the Holy Spirit to dig in because we have this built-in fear factor of certain gifts because we've seen it done in an unhealthy manner. And, and man, spiritual gifts are not something to be scared of, but, man, to be excited about. And this is why we have growth track and encourage everybody to go through growth track. Um, and it's next week during second service, growth track. Come on, somebody. And you take a spiritual gifting test to see your spiritual gifts. Why? Because everyone has spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. Well, why do we have spiritual gifts? Great question, church. Peter answers it. He says, use them well to serve one another. God has given us spiritual gifts for what? To serve one another. To help one another. To encourage one another. To uplift one another. That's why he's given us spiritual gifts. This is, man, we've been designed to serve. We've been gifted to serve. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Let me just stop there for a moment. I just want to brag on our church just for a moment. I won't name names because these guys are just amazing. They don't want to be named. But there was a, a, a young lady in our church who, who had a need. And she needed to move her apartment in one day. And uh, Matt uh, sent out a text to like 20 different guys in our church. And man, we had three guys show up with two different trucks. And let me tell you, they blessed the socks off of that young lady. They knocked it out. I mean, they moved her so quickly and so fast. Like, like guys, that's what it looks like to serve one another, to help one another. But you have to... You have to put your selfish agenda to the side. Yes, it might be a little inconvenient for you, but guys, there is blessing attached to it. Why? Because we've been designed and created to serve. Then everything you do, look at that. That's the blessing. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Wow. Man, when, when we serve one another with our spiritual gifts, and, and I think we complicate things so much that, you know, and, and well, I don't have this spiritual gift. Well, can you help someone? Okay, Like, can you help someone move? Can you hand someone a cup of coffee? Can you, like, we, we complicate it when it's the most simplistic thing to serve one another. Number five. We are rewarded for our service. We are rewarded for our service. And uh, in, in Matthew 25, Jesus is telling this famous parable of the three servants. And this is what he tells, I believe this is he's talking, he says the same thing as the first and second servant. Why? Servant. Why? Because they were faithful what God had given them. And so let's look at it. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. This is my hope as your pastor. When you pass from this life into the next and you stand in front of Jesus, that you are so excited to stand in front of Jesus because he's filled with praise. 
Come on. That when you enter into heaven, the angels are clapping and God looks at you and He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Welcome home. And, and do you see that what our identity is, what He identifies us with is what? A faithful servant. Not a faithful businessman. Not a faithful banker. Not a faithful mom. Not, not a faithful painter. No, no, no. Good and faithful servant. We are judged how well we serve one another and how we serve God while we're living here on earth. You have been faithful. Come on. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. We serve a God who loves to celebrate our lives. And he celebrates every Sunday across the nation as people are waking up a little early to serve God's people, to use their spiritual gifts to serve one another. But it starts with the small. It starts, are you going to be faithful with small? Let me end with this, this story today. Don and I, we, we were just coming out of uh, drug addiction and, and just a life fully in the world. And we had a lot of issues, okay? A lot of baggage, a lot of, we were on the struggle bus, okay? But the struggle bus was moving in the right direction. Come on, amen, somebody? <laughs> and we started going to this church in Florida, great church, and it was about a year in of us attending this church, kind of working through some of our issues of like, how do we do this? How, how, how do we, how are we part of a church? You know, what, what does it mean to be a Christian really? You know, and we're just kind of processing through all these things. And my wife did something that was incredibly threatening to me. Very threatening. Hostile, I would say. She signed up to serve. And I did not. And she's like, I'm not waiting for you, okay? I'm going to serve the house of God. Like, oh. I'm not going to let her do it alone and make me look bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, fine, I'll do it too. And so she dragged me to come serve. And I'm like, I'm not doing every week. That's way too much, okay? Way too much. I'll do every other week. And, and I can't deal with adults because I really don't like people. I'll serve in the kids. And, and I'll greet parents and the kids. That, that's what I'll do. Okay. Very specific. And uh, so we did that. We, we, we were greeters at the, the kids' church that they had there. And we greeted the kids every Sunday. We greeted the parents every other Sunday. And it did something on the inside of me that I didn't expect. And what happened it, is it made me realize that I was part of something way bigger than myself. That I was part of the body that was changing life and encouraging family. It was just, when you start to serve, you realize, but it's not about me. It's about the kingdom of God. And so I said, okay, we, we can serve every week, all right? So I can do this. And then eventually we, 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 we graduated to adults. Okay. Started greeting adults. And God continued to, to move on I me. Mean, but it started with the small. 
And then we joined a life group. And then we led a life group. And then we led two life groups. We were leading two life groups and serving on Sunday. And then we served on Saturday and Sunday. Then I became a campus pastor. And then God called me to plant a church in Denver, Colorado. But it started with that moment of me saying, okay, I'm not going to be selfish. And listen, I never wanted to be a pastor, okay? This is about these things where God will begin to open doors in your life, and you're like, I don't know if I should, okay, you know? Because I'm humble, and I'm submitting to what God has in store for my life. He begins to open doors supernaturally in your life when you start doing well with the small that he gives you. And he radically transformed my life. Why? Because I started to serve. I have never had to teach my kids how to be selfish. I have never sat down with with either one of my, my boys and said, look, when someone asks you for something, you just say, no. Mine. Right? It's literally one of the first words our kids learn is mine. No, mine. Because we're born inherently selfish and to self-preserve what what we think is ours. And what serving does is it gives us a perspective of, you know what, nothing's mine. I'm just a servant of the king. And I can never repay God. For what he did for me. I mean, he delivered me out of drug addiction and, and just a, a life of sin. I can never repay him for that. But you know what I can do? I can give him my life and serve him in whatever capacity he's asking me to serve. Why? Because I'm most like Jesus when I serve other people, when I serve his church, when I serve people in the community when I serve people at work, listen, here's what's going to start to happen. Some of you are going to be mad at me, okay? It's okay. You're going to be mad at me for a little bit. The Holy Spirit's going to begin to speak to you, and he's going to be like, I want you to serve your coworker." And you're like, which coworker? The one you like the least. I want you to go make them some coffee. I want you to go buy them some coffee. I want you to go buy them lunch. I want you to serve them in that capacity. That, that family member you don't like or that neighbor you don't like, God's going to begin to speak on the inside of you to serve people. And we, we've got 16 different ways here at Passionate Life Church, yes, on Sunday, but also throughout the week, man, we have, we have a, a landscaping group. Come on, somebody. Like, man, they are treasures in heaven. Come on, Rich and, and, and Cindy, and, and man, they, they take care of the grounds and and. and there's a lot of things that nobody sees that, that you do in the background. Because some of you are like, I don't, I don't want to be up front. There's a lot of opportunities. But there's also a lot of opportunities in your daily life to serve other people. We are most like Jesus when we serve. Come on, humble your heart today. Humble your heart today. Come on, take this and really pray over it. Okay? Take, take this serious. Man, God, some of you, God is going to open up doors in your life that you never thought possible just because you're, you're serving this house. Come on, we've been designed, we've been gifted to serve.
one another. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. First things first, maybe you'd say, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus, and I need to today. I need to come into the family. I need to come into the kingdom. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth, and you've just been just absorbed by the things of this world, and it happens. And today's the day where you're going to recommit your life to following Jesus. You're going to recommit your life to being a servant of God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is your personal declaration of faith today. I'm not going to make you do anything embarrassing. This is between you and God. If that's you today, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yeah, yep, just slip it up. Thank you, Jesus. Yep, put it up and you can just put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And I would just ask this morning that we would help those making the greatest decision of life today and you would repeat this prayer with them this morning. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.